Welcome to episode five of Mortgageonomics. I'm your host, Marco Geller. Today we're going to explore two of the southwesternmost municipalities right along the 49th parallel, White Rock and South Surrey, together encompassing over 100,000 residents. In recent years, Surrey proper, with a population of about 520,000, has climbed the ranks to become BC's second largest and fastest growing city and is slated to lead the province in residential real estate investment over the next five years. With that comes tremendous spin-off to neighboring municipalities and creates an attractive lure of Surrey-centered employment opportunities. Two such districts, White Rock and South Surrey, have catapulted further from the pack and proven that oceanfront value spans all the way to the southwesternmost tip of Canada. A two-hour journey to Seattle, 50 kilometers from downtown Vancouver, BC ferries nearby, a 10-minute drive to the border and surrounded by 15 golf courses. It's no surprise that these two municipalities are forging a dynamic real estate environment, one that attracts high-end buyers for detached properties. But the diamond in the rough here is the value and affordability of select townhomes and condos sparsely dispersed in the region and further intentions to bring on more. A booming economy and strong, consistent population growth. A recipe for success, or as we are accustomed to in Canada, the perfect storm for yet another affordability crisis. We're going to talk to Ped Naimi of Vantage Real Estate, who is the area specialist for White Rock in South Surrey, and get his take on things. Let's get right to it and hear what he has to say. Surrey and surrounding area currently, if if I'm not mistaken here, I think about 530,000 is the population. Is that right, Pat? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, sounds right. It, it looks like uh, I've read a few articles in the past that you know it's trending to surpass Vancouver's population in the somewhat near future. So no doubt that it is on a growth trajectory. Obviously, on the south side there, I think uh, South Surrey, the population has, has grown quite aggressively. So from 2011 to 2016, I think a lot of the growth happened prior to that, but uh, they're up to about 100, 110,000 in uh, South Surrey and White Rock, a uh, little bit more subdued growth, um, but as well, a lot of development and uh, real estate action going on there. So maybe speak to that yeah. to start off of. Yeah, well, first of all, I think the reason why we've seen all the growth, uh, you mentioned 2011, that's when Surrey started developing kind of a town center in what's uh, the Morgan Creek, Morgan Crossing area in South Surrey. Um, You know, we've seen, I think from 2009 till about now, oh, 6,000 townhomes maybe go up. Wow. In what would be about 10 square blocks. So the section here that I live in, uh, the Morgan Crossing area, Massive development. We're running out of townhouse room here, and we are moving it a little bit further west and south now. And another interesting point there, I think maybe this was for White Rock, but uh, particularly high density for apartment and condos. Is that right? Like last time I took a drive through South Surrey, I remember like a lot of big, massive homes. Yeah, South Surrey doesn't actually have any high rises, but you're right, White Rock does. As of just a couple of years ago, uh, city has decided to allow that high density, uh, the high towers. We've got, I think at this point, um, two pre-selling and about um, two other high-rises just sold out. And there's, I think, six more in the works right now. 
And we're talking about uh, up to, I think, 31 stories is going to be the highest one. So it's going to be a lot of extra doors we're going to be seeing in White Rock proper. Wow, that's pretty aggressive. So I, I just skimmed through the numbers, uh, but maybe you could reiterate for me here. Uh, what are some of the price points? Like if we start with the detached home in South Surrey and then kind of move all the way down to the apartment condos in White Rock, what, what kind of price range are we looking at? Well, detached homes in South Surrey, it's going to vary quite a bit. If we're talking about the average, um, you know, looking at anywhere from $1 million to what would be $9 million home, I'd say most of the homes right now are closer to about the one point four to one point seven mark. Um, you can get your foot in the door um, under a million though, even in White Rock, but you're looking at a home that's gonna be, you know, maybe living for a little while, but uh, essentially it's gonna be a teardown. Right. And and as far as the the condos and apartments, what what kind of uh, price range or opportunities are there in that market? Um, well, you know, I'll give you a number today, but you call me next week, it's gonna be a little bit higher. Uh -huh. uh, we haven't seen a slowdown in townhomes and condos in South Surrey and White Rock. Uh, the new builds I mentioned in White Rock, uh, those ones are selling at um, upwards of $1,200 a square foot, which is what you'd be paying for uh, a condo for a new build in Mount Pleasant even right now. Wow. So some of the prices we're seeing right now are, are pretty outstanding. Um, I think a lot of developers have realized that White Rock is a luxury market and they're able to command those prices, having the knife in it, the nicer finishing, the beautiful water views. At the end of the day, you know, you're, you're close by, you're five minute drive, 10 minute drive to two beautiful beaches. Not many places have that where you see real estate prices still what I think is you know, fairly low if you're gonna get waterfront for close to a million bucks. Now, anywhere else around here, that's cheap. There is a major supply issue, would you say, in, in South Surrey and White Rock? There is, yeah. I'm actually a really big numbers guy and I look at what's uh, the sales to active ratio or uh, what you would call the absorption rate basically number of listings compared to number of sales when you're looking at uh, townhouses and condos right now in the area you know it's about 50% which is an extremely high sellers market anything above 20 you know around 20 is kind of a balanced market so anything that hovers over that is considered a sellers market and yeah supply is limited the average time to sell a townhome right now uh, seven days and that's only because we like to wait until after the open house but really it takes about three days to sell a townhouse or condo right now. Wow, that's insane. And, and what kind of developments are on the way there? Like I've kind of uh, skimmed through the website here of, I think it was White Rock and they have this pretty aggressive initiative. It's like, a, it's called Imagine White Rock 2045. It's like a 134 page document and quite an aggressive approach to, to where they plan on moving in what direction, that part of uh, Greater Vancouver. So what, what are you seeing? A lot of developers there, a lot of new houses coming up? Um, uh, both, yeah. Um, a lot of developers are coming to South Surrey White Rock now. They're seeing that the numbers do make sense here as well. It is very affordable. So over here, we see a lot more of the small to medium-sized developers. There are some bigger ones that have built some towers here. Uh, Bosa has been here as well. Um, um, Ani does some work out here. Um, we, we're not seeing the really big guys like Concord Pacific. Right. Uh, but I think it's a matter of time until they come out here and start buying some land too. Because again, you're buying waterfront. And now that White Rock has opened up the doors to, to concrete high rises, that brings a lot of opportunities for the city and some of the bigger developers. It's been really tough here. You know, North Surrey has seen a lot of the condo prices go up, go up because of the transportation. It is really easy to get to downtown from there. Um, it's not too bad from South 
necessary actually we don't have rapid transit unfortunately but um you know it is all highway which is nice to get to vancouver ah, so there there is a bit of a benefit there but there is no plan in sight for any kind of rapid transit out this way um even the hopes of the massey tunnel being turned into a bridge to decrease the commute time those plans got scrapped unfortunately but that was pretty big news for us uh, it's becoming more and more known right now with a lot of job opportunities coming to Surrey. So, um, you know, a lot of that industry, a lot of those employment opportunities right there in your backyard. So that really the bridge, you know, perhaps for some people, depending on where you're employed, becoming less of a factor. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think Surrey's doing a great job of planning. They are building another downtown core. If you look at the plans there, there's going to be you know, I think you drive down now, if you haven't been there for, for the last five years, it's a whole different landscape. It's really starting to look like a downtown. There's several high rises, many more coming. And Surrey's plan is to create another downtown core over there. And we've seen those prices just skyrocket too. Yeah. You know, $500 a square foot for some of these little condos in Surrey. It's, that's just what you expect to pay now. Crazy. And if we go back to the homes here, so, you know, the, the prices as well, they're they're above that million dollar mark. So in saying that, what is the current uh, allowance or, you know, is, uh, is Surrey friendly to the uh, basement suite uh, zoning yeah. kind of allowance? Yeah, everything in order. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Surrey and White Rock, their typical single family residential zoning does allow for one suite. So you will get one legal suite. Of course, you'll pay a bit more property taxes, but um, well worth it because it helps you qualify for, uh, for a much more expensive home. Uh, but yeah, all zoning in Surrey typically does allow the one uh, basement suite. And you'll get anywhere from 850 on the low end, some basement suites, larger two bedrooms, $1,600 is not unheard of. Maybe we can leave on this note here. So here we are mid-March. We're, uh, we're, we're fast approaching the spring market. If not, it's already begun. Uh, what do you see in playing out here for the next couple of months? Uh, much of the same or uh, what kind of heads up or tips can you give to a home buyer out there? Uh, home buyers, I know it's getting a lot harder to get into a home, but I tell a lot of my clients that might not be able to get into the home they want is buy anything, you know, buy a property, whether it's Abbotsford, Chilliwack, Surrey, wherever you can buy just to have your foot in the market. Because if you're not in the market, you're just going to be chasing it. You know, the, the market is growing a lot quicker than most people's money or income or their ability to make any money. So if you can't get your home that you want to be in, just buy an investment because townhouses, condos are still going up and I think they'll continue to go up. We still got a good run, at least in the Valley for a good couple of years. Ted, tell the listeners where they can find you. Website, cell phone. Uh, I can be reached at 604-345-3339 if you have any questions regarding the real estate out this way, or you can uh, go to our website, vantagerealestate.ca. Thank you for being on the podcast today, Pat. Take care. Thanks for your time, Marco. I appreciate it. The down payment verification process sounds simple enough, but can also be the most irritating part of satisfying mortgage conditions. It's not so much the documentation required by the lender, but more so the quality and the specific date archive requirements of the documents. Let's consider a down payment of $50,000. If the entire sum is derived from one source, let's say it's cash in your savings account, then the task is quite simple. You would provide the bank statement showing that you have had possession of the funds for 30 to 90 days, depending on the guideline of the lender. 
Not only must the duration of time you've had possession of the funds be verified, but also the particular date from which the duration is referenced from as well. For example, if your mortgage application was submitted on May the 1st, some lenders would require that you provide three months of bank statements dating back from May the 1st. However, another lender may require only 60 days verification, but instead dating back from the closing date rather than the application date. Clear as mud, right? Okay, so let's move on to verifying the source of down payment. Say $10,000 of the $50,000 was a lump sum deposit from your parents. Now, the lender will require a gift letter to confirm the $10,000 is a non-repayable gift. Oh yes, and what if you are expecting the final portion of your down payment from a bonus you are expecting just days before your closing date? Not a problem. Simply provide a snapshot of your bank account showing the deposit along with a pay stub that confirms the source from your employer. All good. Okay, easy enough, right? Yes, but the quality of the document now comes into play. This is where it really gets fun. Here are some of the common deficiencies in no particular order that will likely result in a follow-up call from your mortgage broker for further clarification. Number one. The applicant's name not captured on the bank statement. This is probably the most common deficiency, but easily remedied with a void check or pass statement that includes your name and account number. Number two, the period of time that needs to be shown that you have had possession of or accumulated the funds may not be presented in your document submission. Typically, a 30 to 90 day period is required. Again, quite common and oftentimes a simple follow-up email or phone call to request an extra month or two of bank statements. No big deal here. Number three, for deposits over $5,000, another layer of verification may be required so as to comply with anti-money laundering policies. So now you will have to provide another three months of bank statements to verify the particular deposit within your initial three month verification statements. Easy peasy, on it. And finally, number four, snapshots of your bank statements or any other documents for that matter taken with your cell phone camera. In most cases, the resolution and quality are not ideal and acceptable to lenders. But again, no big deal here. Nothing a 99 cent PDF scanner app can fix. One I like to recommend to my clients is TurboScan, which enables you to snap a picture of a document quickly converted to PDF quality and ready to be emailed to your mortgage broker. So there you have it. You can now declare yourself a certified down payment document specialist. I'm Marco Gello, and this is the Mortgage Minute. All right, well, that's a wrap. I hope you got value out of today's episode. If you or anyone you know is currently looking into the South Surrey or White Rock area, connect with the area specialist, Ped Naimi of Vantage Real Estate. You can find him at vantagerealestate.ca, where you will also find his informative blogs and feature listings. And of course, feel free to reach out to me if you'd like to discuss anything we talked about in greater detail or any other mortgage-related matter. You can find me at marcogello.com. That's Marco with a K-G-E-L-O.com. Or follow me on Facebook by searching Mortgageonomics Canada Podcast. Also, please don't hesitate to share and tell your friends about Mortgageonomics Canada. The more listeners, the better. Thanks again for your time. Talk to you later.